Plantly podcast, playfully playing a part without feeling a part, a channel for nature, climatizing with consciousness, and helping to normalize a natural state of being. Dive in for deep discussions. In this episode, we take a look at a Plantly session and see how Elizabeth, nature and animal lover, former nun, and now psychedelic retreat coordinator, responds to this medicine. Return to innocence, day's eye, when the power of love overcomes the love of power, the world will know peace, a beautiful and applicable quote by Jimi Hendrix. Long white dress, body slender and tall, chorus from nature where the waters fall, hand by hand, lead the way to the lagoon, pure stream flowing, sunset soon wading into the water, but can you fall back and float, relax into the moment, self-love devote, and you seem so busy, and got a lot on your mind, a to-do list that never fails to remind, but I see you have the energy to get it all done, a fire type, so always on the run. Some might say I've been quite active too, and they name the largest plant family after me, yes, it's true, but I do it all without overthinking, Present in the now, miss it if you're blinking. Maybe everything is written in the stars. Knowing moves in, all of creation is ours. So take some time to bathe in its beauty. Loving all life forms is your human duty. But are you aligned with the master plan? Blueprints implanted across the globe they span. For the love of humanity, it's time to open the other wing. Condor rising, bird calls we sing. While some surround themselves with well-trodden stories of others, misery loves company, hurts passed on from mothers. There are those patiently serving the transcendence of this suffering, like an egret, their white wings warm new ways discovering. For many, the golden thread to our sacred mother, it's worn thin and been tethered to another, like an umbilical cord always sending and receiving, synchronicity with life current moment conceiving. So let's nurture and nourish this connection, returning childhood innocence through cosmic correction. Many around you might notice a shift, your sparkling eyes reflecting this gift. Keen to make contact, what do you suppose? Eagerly awaiting all you disclose. But like all good things, it's now yours to maintain. So marvel at your true nature in hope to retain. Your nervous system might need an upgrade, energetic work at night, no need to be afraid, for the higher frequency that's soon to be birthing calls for a human who's a better earthling. Pounding of chest, synchronous heartbeat, rhythmic patterns under your feet, oh, what a sight for sore eyes, nature's vibrant colors of sunrise. Like a bird of paradise, she's been dancing for your attention co-creating the new, rising with ascension. But that stubborn side, that's kept you on course, despite all confrontations from opposing force. It's time to soften, for full energy to move through, and no obstacle should stand in the way of where you're headed to. So come with me, to waters warmer, massaging away tension, a real resistance transformer, 
Can you feel it now? The love you've been missing. All of creation your being now kissing. Cry on my shoulder. Let your tears soak the land. Gasping for air as your lungs now expand. I know it's been hard. And you've been hard on yourself. I read it in the library. Found your Akashic shelf. In service to Earth, galactic evolution against all odds. A story foretold in the skies by the gods. Their language illuminated in starlight. Connecting the dots did you receive their invite. Butterflies in stomach, anticipation of what's to come. Ready to rise beyond what on Earth has been done. Warm enigmatic energy, palms now pulsing. Body vibrating and strongly convulsing. If you're fortunate enough to be blessed by her divine feminine, then there's no longer a need for all that adrenaline. Sitting in her presence, there's no feeling of deficiency, total contentedness and self-sufficiency. So to Daisy, open your flower, Nictinesty, new light of day, amnesty. Bring your healing, white petal headdress so pure, yellow center, solar fire ashore. Brighten the garden, we walk with bare feet. How welcome reunion, your love so sweet. Duality seem, two halves brought together, now dancing as one like two birds of a feather. These are my own insights, but a great beauty of life is that of perspective. So how might others respond to the spirit of Daisy? How might they perceive it through their six senses? And many prophecies have foretold this moment in time. Open both wings for your heart to now shine. Whilst this episode focuses on a single sharing, more sharings can be read in raw after-session written form at plantly.com forward slash podcast forward slash daisy. Hello, I'm Elizabeth. I help dog owners understand and bond with their dog, and I'm also a psychedelic retreat coordinator in the Netherlands. I love what I do. I can pour out so much of my heart in it, and I have a lot of love to give to both animals and humans. My road to here has been a long and adventurous one. I've had to learn some pretty hard lessons about giving power away, the role of emotions and the mind-body connection, to finally find a fulfilling life that's in line with the purpose of my soul. When I was introduced to Plantily through a participant in one of the psilocybin retreats, I knew I should take part in the session, but had no idea about the transforming power it would have and the depths of the spiritual lessons before, in and after the session itself. When I was 36 years old, I left my life in Sweden to become a nun in a Greek Orthodox monastery Filled with a euphoric feeling of meaning and joy, I quit my dream job as a communications manager in the environmental sector, sold all my things and left my home country and my family behind me to serve Christ forever. But four years later, I stood at the airport of Thessaloniki, afraid and fragile, just praying and hoping to get on my plane back home before one of the monks or nuns would find me and take me back. I have always yearned for God, the sacred, 
As a child, I loved being in nature, in the wild, deep Swedish forests filled with berries and mushrooms, adoring the majestic mountains in Lapland where I spent all my summers. And by the fire, I could just sit watch it burning for hours. Like most children, I did not have a notion of God then, but in nature I felt something that I needed, that belonged to me, the stillness, the sacred, the peace. I had the same feeling when I was near animals. Even though I have made so many brave decisions and gone my very own way, still, over and over again, I wasn't able to honor my own true needs and longings, the deeper emotional ones. I always said to myself that I am following my heart, but it was difficult for me to know my heart, because somewhere in my childhood I must have learned that it was safer and maybe easier to be more busy with the other than with myself. I met my first husband when I was 20, having recently returned from India where I worked as a volunteer in a remote mountain village. It was here where I explored spirituality, met with gurus at ashrams and swami priests in the temples, witnessed Hindu ceremonies where people reached ecstatic states and took part in religious feasts where miracles were performed. But I also met missionaries and found a love for Christ and felt called to study in a Bible school. Although I was aware of my husband at the time's addictions, Slowly, without realizing it, I became codependent whilst these addictions grew. We were married for 10 years. It wasn't until after he had been unfaithful for the second time that I knew we needed to divorce. Emotionally, I was scattered. I'd given my everything, but in doing so, had neglected myself, standing up for my own needs, saying no when things felt wrong. I was too concerned with his well-being, afraid to hurt or to be too much. This focus on the other led me to give away my own power. A few months after my divorce, I received a letter from an old friend. More than 20 years had passed since we last saw each other. She was now an abbess of a monastery and she invited me to come visit. She sent me a calendar and I cried when I saw the nuns in their black dresses, having given up everything for Christ. I asked myself, do they feel Christ? Is he moving and transforming them? I had felt more and more disappointed with the church, where activities seemed more important than inner work. And I did not feel that I was being transformed into the image of Christ the way I was longing for. I missed the depth. So I decided to visit and find out. The Orthodox Church was so different from anything I had experienced as a Christian in the Protestant world. The incense, the candles, the liturgy, it all touched me so deeply and I fell in love. Two years later, I was baptized at the monastery and after another two years and several visits, 
I decided to devote my life to Christ forever and bought my one-way ticket. When we choose for something, we also give something up. Leaving my family had put a knife in my heart, but I had a burning love for Christ and a strong conviction that giving up my life for Him would save and bring eternal peace to those I loved. The day I was tonsured a nun, I felt almost delirious from spiritual joy, as if all my longings were being fulfilled. My life was meaningful. But there was something around our charismatic spiritual father that did not feel right. And I had not expected it to be so emotionally cold between the sisters. When I for the first time saw the spiritual father hit one of the nuns, I was in shock. I deserved it, said the nun. The one God loves he hits, said an older nun. We feel he's closer to us when he disciplines us, like a real father, my old friend, the abbess explained. In my mind I was trying to make sense of what I experienced. I was a novice in this deeply spiritual world, and I said to myself that there must be a reason that I can't understand yet that I probably need to be humbled like the others to move closer to God. They can't all have it wrong. My emotional system was continuously alarming. My body reacted. I got sick. My period stopped. I was in an emotional roller coaster as I tried to make sense of things. I'm such a bad nun, I confessed. I have critical thoughts about the abbot and I'm thinking of leaving. When I felt I was going crazy, I held on to my trust in my old college friend, who was now my abbess. And she kept repeating, Our spiritual father is our way to God. He is representing God to us. And when we obey and love him, we are with Christ. This is your life now. There is nothing in the world. Everyone will despise you if you leave. And you will lose God. How can I explain the complex psychological process at work in a religious cult that slowly breaks down the individual's autonomy and undermines their ability to think freely and stay in touch with their emotions? First of all, there is a lot of love, trust and promises. This is later mixed with blame, punishment and the removal of the love, threat and humiliation. The mind control happens step by step and is very subtle. The hierarchy of the church and specifically of a monastery or any religious group for that sake gives room for the misuse of power. Then we have obedience, the pillar of monastic life, which can get very dangerous. When you decide to become a nun, you've already made an extreme decision to give up your life, your old nature, your ego. That's your own ultimate will. This makes you very vulnerable if there is some dirt in the hierarchy above you, which paves the road for an abusive personality. The beatings were just one of the ugly parts of this abusive community. It all starts with emotional and spiritual abuse and the physical did not end with beatings. 
using sophisticated psychological methods such as gaslighting. The nuns were tricked into sexual corruption as well. Luckily, I got away before the sexual abuse got physical. But the psychological sexual abuse made me terrified, vulnerable and fragile. On the other hand, and this may sound surprising to you, one can also say that somehow there is an underlying reciprocal agreement at hand between the abuser and the abused. Both parties need something from the other. I needed spiritual guidance to get closer to God. He needed admiration and another soul to exert power over. Even though I had a clean heart and only longed for God, I myself was responsible for letting him exert power over me. I gave my power away. Had I been true to my emotion, to my heart, I would have left the very first moment I saw the abbot hit. But it took me four years to finally get away. Even though I was afraid, broken and confused, and not even sure I did the right thing by leaving, I had taken a first feeble step on my road of reclaiming my power. The years after, I felt locked down. I didn't want to have anything to do with spirituality whatsoever. But Yatsi came to me, my first dog, a French water dog. I didn't understand at first that dogs are such spiritual beings. She kept me sane and helped me reconnect to the world, to nature and my emotions. And after seven years and a burnout as a communications consultant in the corporate world, my true nature caught up on me and I took up my spiritual quest. This time I was going to look beyond the church and religious groups. I started listening to the wise men and women of our times. I did some profound courses in personal exploration and growth. I did yoga and meditation. I felt I was starting to reconnect with my deeper layers. Though in the back of my mind, I still had a feeling I was betraying Christ. The deepest opening for me happened as I was soul dancing, which I did weekly for many years. There in the movement, connected with my body, I slowly integrated my heart and my mind. One evening in the dance studio, I had a spontaneous deep screaming experience, which was very liberating. It now feels as if I have gone through a metamorphosis of my mind. I had to break through a lot of convictions based on the Christian faith. Four years ago, I took my first step towards a big change in my professional life by taking a job at a spiritual retreat center in the middle of the Dutch forests. Here I felt at home and I learned about all the different ways to search your soul and keep growing and heal. One of them was through the psilocybin retreats. I felt drawn to the magic mushrooms, but had not experienced their wise power myself. And a moment of pure serendipity happened 
and I was asked to join the Beckley retreats. I now handle the on-site operations for all their truffle retreats in the Netherlands. Meeting the world of plant medicine is like a homecoming to me. Coming home to that joyful child picking mushrooms in the magic and wild Swedish forests. But also coming home to the longing I've always had of being of service in this world, in the spiritual transformation of lives. The plant medicine world is still new to me. With every retreat, I'm in awe of their power to transform the lives of the participants. After having microdosed a little on my own and experiencing a feeling of entering into my own inner monastery, I'm eagerly awaiting my more deep-going psilocybin experience. It's coming up soon. My daisy session was strangely enough something similar to the microdosing and also the breathwork I've been taking part in during the retreats I handle. Maybe the spirits of the plants are so powerful and accessible that we can benefit and transform just by emerging in their presence and not even having to actually physically take them in. So it seems to me now. When you sign up for a plantly session, the magical life lessons start even before the day itself and continue the weeks after. A few days before the daisy session, I had a vivid dream. I remembered all the details clearly. It touched on themes such as my sexuality, taking charge of the direction my life is going, and ended with a fearful moment where I was going to be circumcised. I understand it as a spiritual initiation that has happened to me in this process, and I'm so curious about where it's taking me. Then came the plantly session. I still didn't know which spirit we were going to meet. When the music started, I was soon filled with warmth, tingling and light. I could see my body as a network of nerves filled with flowing light. This network of light continued down into the earth below me. My feminine parts got all heated up. It got close to an orgasmic feeling. My crown heated up too. Then I saw a small colorful colibri-like bird drinking nectar from a, from a flower on a bush while floating in the air and flapping its wings. I got to drink this nectar of life too. Then my body position opened up, arms spreading out, middle body rising, head tilting backward, face upward, as in full receptivity. I then saw myself on the side of a harbor by a wall. It was gray and dark there. It was my insecurity, I understood, something that had stood in the way of my development all my life. I released and released. I then grew roots and became a huge old tree I could see the pattern of the old bark on the stem in detail, and this reflected all the wisdom it was carrying. The branches of this huge tree were long and luscious, with green leaves giving new life every year. Birds were sitting on the branches. Then I had to shake a lot. After this, 
I was at a ritual fireside, or I was dancing full of power, free and strong. I was expressing myself fully. And then a feeling of trust came over me. I felt so much trust in the becoming, my becoming. I could fully embrace and own myself as a sensitive woman with a mystical connection to spirit, to nature and animals. I then transcended and I was with the lover of my soul. I just rested there, so full and content and seen. This transformed into a sweet and strong self-love. I then melted into my own soul. The days after, I experienced an opening of my soul. It was easier to make decisions in line with my needs, to feel my deeper longings. I could easily ground myself and there was a power flowing in my spirit. Things also started shifting between me and my husband. Making love had never been so pleasurable, as if my female parts were reborn, the divine femininity of Daisy. Still, the issues my husband and I struggled with began to peak and came to a climax. In the end, a big shift occurred, and we are now at a much better place together. After this, the condition of my beloved dog Moet, who had been sick for a while, deteriorated. She was the first-born daughter of Yatsi, a gift of love to me on my birthday 12 years ago. She was the one who inspired me to start my dog company, Zensitive, three years ago. Moet had started coughing a few weeks before, and now she had problems breathing. This pushed me into deep despair, and one night I traveled so deep inside my pain and my fear of losing her, deep inside my limitless love for her, and it broke me open. I could feel all the pain I'd been carrying from my life traumas. I cried and cried. And slowly my lungs were clearing and I could breathe deeper now. I breathed for Moet and I breathed for emotional freedom. The message came to fully love again, to dare to love again, to love to love, to love. A return to innocence where love is unbroken. My love for Moet is so immense and I can't find the words now to express how this feels. But just a few days ago, I lost her to lung cancer. As I prepared her blessed body for its final departure, I covered it with rose petals and placed a daisy-like bouquet beside her. She and Daisy together brought me to a place inside where pain and love exist in harmony, a powerful and sweet place near the lungs. That's how I felt it that emotional night. The lungs the connection between the spiritual and the physical. 
I feel Moab so close to me now in the spirit, talking words of wisdom to me, and my tears are still falling. The Plantly session also coincided with the final week of tantric course I've been taking on the inner marriage. It was Moet's left lung that was struck, the yin of the feminine. And in this course I felt that my invitation has been to give room to my feminine to lead me, to rest from the adrenaline-driven ambitions I've had all my life. It was so in line with the spirit of Daisy. So a few days ago, just before Moet crossed over, I gave vows in the, my inner marriage ceremony of the masculine and feminine. And I made myself a ring, twisting the fur of my dog Moet around it. She was femininity incarnated, with her soft character and angelic eyes. She was like a feminine Zen master and a passionate lover. I will love and miss her forever. When I reflect back on my life, I see that I've been looking outside of myself to meet my soul's longing for freedom, for God. You can't kill your ego through ascetism and obedience. There is no shortcut to wholeness. It takes self-exploration, trauma work, and it needs time. When we find self-love, we're home. This is our spiritual work, and our invitation is to look for and follow our own road. On this road, our emotional system brings us messages all the time. When we learn to be attentive to our emotions, decode them and their underlying convictions, we understand their deeper meaning and we grow. We can only truly feel our emotions when we are embodied out of our mind. When we breathe, find stillness and relax. This is where plants and animals and their spirits become so helpful their purity and magical connection with consciousness and the here and now, pulling us downwards into Mother Earth and her gift of grounding us. And Christ is there too, and Daisy and Moet, with every breath, love, as we become what we in spirit always were. Home. Thank you, Elizabeth, for your willingness to voice vulnerability and sincerity of sharing. The session Elizabeth took part in was one of four sessions offered as part of a fundraiser for the Huniquin, Amazonian indigenous peoples of Brazil, to fund the reparation of their Maloca roof. More can be seen and heard on this at plantly.com forward slash fundraising. There's a lot of talk about power plants in our world. Curiosity has us crossing continents to consume, but perhaps the medicine so many seek has always been under their feet. To Daisy, always such a pure love affair. 
to the groups who took part, thank you for your trust in this male here incarnate, working with great spirit in such wonderful ways. Yes, in a world of duality, this must go on too. Until next time, with love, Andy.